Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Hey, I got a confession to make. Uh, how many of you know confession's good for the soul? Anybody, anybody? Come on, come on. All right, here you go. Here's my confession. Uh, I am horrible uh, at waiting. Thank you for being honest, whoever shouted that out. Back in the back, I love you. Um, I'm horrible at waiting. And hey, Jess, how are you? Good to see you. Everybody say hi to our good friends, Jess and Ricky. They are from Virginia, passing through, road tripping here. Good to see you. Sorry for calling you out on the stage there. But um, anyways, I have a confession to make. I am horrible at waiting, and so are you, apparently, whoever that was in the back. And the truth is, uh, if you were to uh, not sit in church and lie, you probably, there's some point in you that is horrible at waiting as well. In fact, we spend most of our lives, I feel like, waiting, right? Waiting in traffic. How many of you know Shelbyville Road, even during the pandemic, is like, oh, I'm thinking about moving to the suburbs just to get out of that place. I'm like, this is horrible. So, you know, you wait in traffic, you wait in line at a restaurant, you wait in the car, you wait in the coffee shop, you wait. You wait for COVID to be over. <laughs> you know, you, in high school, you wait for, you know, high school to be over. In college, you wait for that to be over. You wait to get married. You wait to get a girlfriend. We spend a lot of our lives waiting. Uh, I was thinking about that uh, this week, and I was thinking about how much I hate waiting, especially when I'm hangry, or hungry, I mean. I'm telling on myself, I get hangry when I'm hungry. Jennifer's like, amen to that. She's gonna get loud on that one. Any hangry people with me when you're hungry, right? Thank you. For, we're, now we're getting honest here as a church. Just, you ask two or three questions, the truth starts coming out. I get hangry, right? And you go to a restaurant, and have you ever thought about the amount of times you wait? Like five or six times. You wait to get your seat, and then you wait to get a menu, and then you wait for a waiter, you wait to get a drink, you wait for them to order your food, you wait for your food, you wait to get a bill. And I'm thinking, I don't know if they should call him or her the waiter. I think I'm the waiter in this. Right? That was funny. I worked hard on that all week for three laughs. Moving on. Patience. James is going to talk to us about that today. I'm not working hard on jokes for you anymore. James chapter one, going back, then we'll look at chapter five. It says this. It says, let perseverance finish its work. Why? So that you may be mature. You may be complete, not lacking anything. I love what the new King, King James says. It says, let patience have its perfect work. King James, let patience have her perfect work. Why? So that you may be perfect and not lack anything. You know, patience is important in your life. According to James, patience is the mark of a mature believer. Patience is the mark of being perfect and complete, not lacking anything. And so I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about how important patience is. And so uh, we've been right in the middle of the book of James. And today we're kind of fast forwarding all the way to chapter number five. We'll spend the next two weeks in chapter number five. And so if you're like, you skip chapter four, maybe next time we do James, I'll come back. But, but anyways, that's what James is talking about for a big portion of chapter five. Half of it is on patience and another half is on prayer, and so that's where we wanna to go today. And as I was thinking about patience, I was thinking about waiting, um, I started just 
you know, Googling some statistics to, to think through this idea a little bit. And I thought maybe, maybe not everybody is as bad as I am. And let me give you a few quotes that I saw. Number one is this, did you know 96% of Americans knowingly will consume? This, knowingly, that's the key word, will consume a hot drink or food that will burn their mouth. 63% of them do it frequently. It means only half of you in this room or like a half a percent of you actually in this room are like, no, I'm mature in that. <laughs> Another one is this, 50% uh, or more people hang up the phone after being on hold for one minute or less. You know, they sold that company. There was a company called Muzak. Uh, it went for $1 billion because they knew people needed some sort of like, uh, they play, they're the ones that invented on hold music. They knew that people just needed some peace while they waited on hold. Uh, 50% or less hang up. The next one is this. 71% of individuals frequently exceed the speed limit to get to their destination faster. Raise your hand, raise your hand if that's you. Everybody look at the person that raised their hand and said, same on you. Did you know 96% of Americans, or I'm sorry, more than half of Americans admit, this one is me, more than half of Americans admit to honking at the person in front of them when the light turns green. I mean, it's been green for a second, go. What are you waiting on, you know? The majority of people will wait 10 seconds or less, it says, before passing a slow walker on the sidewalk. Oh, that was me yesterday. I was in the store. <laughs> Somebody was walking slow. I was like, I know people want their space. It's COVID. <laughs> you know, like jet around them as fast as I can. That's a couple of you. The last one is this. 95% of people surveyed still admit they believe though patience is a virtue. <laughs> I mean, I know it's important, but then again... Here's what I've learned uh, thinking this week about patience and thinking about James would say is this, patience may be a virtue, but it's really not a reality. Like it's not our reality anyways in 2021. And you know why I think that is? I think it's this, I think convenience has become the enemy of patience. Have you thought about our world lately? Everything is so convenient. I mean, think about the names of things, insta, Graham, right? It's convenient. How many of you guys love Amazon packages? Two days or less. You can even have Amazon now. Same day delivery from Whole Foods. Praise God, right? It'll cost you your whole paycheck, but you can get it in the same day. Maybe, maybe you think about, you know, grocery pickup. We want it now. I don't even want to wait to go shop myself. So convenient. Oh, if I need to see you, I can text you or, or FaceTime you, I mean. You know, I don't have to drive all the way across town. Used to be so many more people are going on vacation now because, you know, they can, they can fly. Used to be you had to get in your horse and buggy. <laughs> Nobody went on vacation. <laughs> Took 12 years to get to your destination. <laughs> now you can get there in an hour. Convenience. I mean, it's been something we've been striving for for years, for generations. How can I do it faster? How can I get it quicker? I mean, the microwave, right? I mean, who likes a crock pot? Every once in a while on a winter day when it's raining, right? Where you think, I'm just gonna slow down today and crock pot it. But you ain't crock potting every day of the year. 
No, you're microwaving it. You're insta, you know, frying it. You know, like how quick can I, I don't, I don't need a deep fryer. That tastes too long. Give me a, what's it, an air fryer. This thing's going to fry like, you know, super fast. Instapot. We just, we want things fast and convenience, honestly. It's become the enemy of patience. And so we've lost the art of waiting. I hate waiting too. I don't like to wait for things. I don't like to wait for things, especially things that, that are really important. It's one thing to wait at a stoplight, right? It's one thing to, you know, maybe, you know, wait in line at the coffee shop. It's another thing when you're waiting on a miracle. It's another thing when you've been patiently waiting to have a child and you feel like God is ignoring you. It's another thing when you've been waiting to get a job and every job you apply for comes back and says, no. It's another thing to wait when you're like, I'm always going to be single. I'm never going to find the one. You've been waiting forever. I heard somebody say this one time, you know what? I've spent so long waiting. I don't even know if it's worth it anymore. I'd rather just be alone. And and, and waiting, it can be so tough and it can really challenge us. And so I got to thinking about this and thinking about what James says, because today, as we look at chapter five, this word patience in relating to waiting and really he relates it to suffering. How many of you guys have ever experienced some moments of suffering in your life? We're just thinking it hurts so bad what's going on right now. It hurts waiting. It hurts waiting for that job situation, that relational situation, that house situation, whatever it is you're waiting for. And James has so much to say about it. In fact, he says this word patience in some sort of fashion in a few verses, like eight or nine times. He says this, James chapter five, if you wanna open your Bible, verse number seven, he says, be patient. I love James. You know what I've loved about this series is he just doesn't beat around the bush. He's so practical. He just says it like it is. Be patient. You know what that word patience means? Patience. Look it up in the Greek. It just means be patient. Wait, then, my friends. And he says, until the Lord comes. See how patient farmers are as they wait for their land to produce crops. I want you to notice three different individuals or three different types of people that James mentions in chapter number five. The first is a farmer here. He says, be patient or see how the farmer patiently waits for their land to produce precious crops. They wait patiently for the autumn and spring rain. You must also be patient. Keep your hopes high. I love that. For the day of the Lord is coming near. Do not complain against one another, my friends, so that God will not judge you. Next, he's talking about prophets and judges here. The judge is near and ready to appear. My friends, remember the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Take them as an example. They patiently endured under suffering. And we call them happy because they endured. They were patient. He describes another person here, tells another story here. You've heard of Job's patience. Anybody know Job? Job in the Bible, if you read it, it is a a tough story. He loses everything. I mean, his livelihood, his, his family, so much of who he is. And God ultimately, through a series of chapters, we get to the end and we see that Job was more blessed in the end than he was in the beginning. But there was a long season of patience for him. You heard of Job's patience and you know how the Lord provided for him in the end. None of us like to wait till the end. 
God provided for him, but in the end, what about all the in-between? <laughs> that stuff is not fun. For the Lord is full of mercy and compassion. So learning to wait patiently is difficult. But it's also a sign of maturity, James says. It's a sign of being complete. Children or immature people will have a difficult time waiting. I think of my little four-year-old. He wants it now, not later, not two minutes from now, like now. Are we there yet? No, buddy. We still got eight hours to go. We're not there yet. But how come? Right? And that's cute when they're four. But when we're 40, it's not cute anymore. God, are we there yet? God, are you listening? God, do you care? Because what happens in the waiting, right? We wonder, is God there and does God even care? And James is saying waiting is just a part of life. Yeah, that's right. You're going to have to get used to it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it'll make you a better, stronger, more mature believer if you learn to wait. Yeah. I think about the Old Testament. And I was thinking this morning about waiting and just, just praying for you and thinking about how much we struggle waiting for, for a day or a month. You know, Jennifer and I, we waited seven years for God to provide us our miracle son, right? That was a long time. We waited 10 years before God finally opened the door for us to plant this church all along, waiting and wishing and hoping and wanting to. Waiting just as part of life. And as I thought about people in the Old Testament, there was, there was the children of Israel and God brought them out of one place and was taking them to another place. But for 40 years, they had to wait. 40 years. And not only did they have to wait, but for 40 years, they couldn't have anything but some weird food called manna. I mean, imagine waiting and you couldn't have anything but just a little substance that God provided for you. Just enough for the day. That's what it was. I'm gonna give you enough for today. In fact, he talked about you can't even take more for tomorrow or it'll be cursed. Just take what you need for today. God is a God of just today and waiting. I'll give you what you need. But, But for us, it's like, no, God, give me more than what I need because waiting is hard. And so what should you do while you're waiting? Or let, let me start here. I'm, I want to tell you here in a minute of maybe how to wait, but, but let me give you a few things while you're waiting that I want you to remember. What should you remember while you're waiting? Number one, if you're writing things down, write this down. If you're not, just go ahead and write it down. Get your phone out, get your paper out, get your pen out, okay? Take some notes here. Number one is this. When you're in seasons of waiting, you got to remember God's in control. He really is. God is in control. Several times in James chapter five, verse number seven, he says this, be patient, my friends, until the Lord comes back. Again, he says it this way later on. He actually says it three times. He says, be patient and stand firm. Stand firm because the Lord is coming near. Well, that doesn't seem, you know, to have anything to do with God is in control. Well, I want you to think about it this this way. I only gave you two, but three times James mentions the Lord is coming back. What you have to understand is this is ultimate proof, really, that God is in control. See, God is writing this story. History, really, is his story, and it's not circular. In fact, it's linear, and it's it's, it's moving to a climax. Everything is on schedule. Everything has a plan. God has a purpose, and one day, Jesus is going to return. 
And so if we know that is the end of the story and everything is moving towards that, then we have to know that everything in between is a part of his plan. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. And that God is in control. I think one of the best things that we can remember while we're in seasons of waiting, whatever it is that you're waiting for today, is that God's in control. I know life may seem like it's kind of out of control. I may know you may feel a little rattled. There may be a lot of chaos around you, but God is in control. If there's anything that this season has taught us over the last year, we're coming up or we just came upon one year of covid God is still in control, but we don't like waiting. We don't like having to be at a standstill. And this season has inconvenienced us, right? Convenience is the enemy to patience. And this season has been a big inconvenience, right? It's been so tough. We're, here's been our question. When is this going to end? When is this going to be over? When can I, when, 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 when? In all of our wins, God is still in control. God is still on the throne. This didn't catch God by surprise. Your situation doesn't catch God by surprise. He's in control. He's a really good God. And so, so be patient. Be patient. Stand firm. I know that's unpopular. Yeah. I know it's unpopular to, 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 to wait in a world where we can get everything now. But I promise you, I was talking to Chris this morning. Somebody gave him a word this week and said, God's timing is perfect. Yeah. Guys, God's timing is perfect in right. your situation. Right. Let me impart some courage into you today and encourage you with this. God's timing is perfect in your situation. What are you going through? God's in control. God's timing is perfect. Remember that. So the first thing we have to remember is God, God is in control. The second thing I think you need to remember while you're waiting is this. God rewards patience. All throughout the scripture, we see that God honors those that wait. That, that, that waiting and reward usually went hand in hand. James 5.11 says this. We considered blessed those who have persevered. Those who had patience, guess what? We considered them blessed. There is a blessing that will come in your waiting. I wonder how many times your blessing is robbed because we just push right through. We want things now, so we take matters into our own hands. And it's not like, it's not like something, you know, like, you know, whatever decision you make is a bad decision. Sometimes I just wonder, was there something more? Was there something better? Did God have something perfect for me? But my unwillingness to wait and my unwillingness to rush on to what next, I self-sabotaged my own blessing. That God really did have a plan. That God really was in control. That God really did have that thing you were wanting. That God really did have that perfect person, but you decide to settle for this person in front of you. You knew it was kind of wrong, but you felt, you know what? I'm never going to get him. I'm never going to get her, so I'll just settle with that one. But God is in control. And if we can learn to wait, he will reward those that are patient. He will reward those that, that, that learn to just stand firm. I think a life verse for me is found in Galatians chapter number six, verse number nine. It says this, let us not get tired 
If I had one verse I feel like that God has spoke to me in my life, it's this one. God, let me not get tired of doing what is good. Let me not get tired of doing what is right. Let me not get tired of waiting on the Lord. Let me not get tired of being patient. For after a while, after I wait, after I endure, after a little while, guess what? I can reap a harvest, a blessing. I capitalize this if, if. Don't let me get tired, God, because after a little while, I'm gonna get a blessing. I'm gonna get what you have for me if, 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 if I don't get discouraged and what? Give up. Hey, I just wanted to tell you this morning, don't give up. Let me encourage you. There's maybe somebody in here, you've been thinking about giving up on that dream. You've been thinking about giving up on that opportunity. You think it's never gonna come through. It's never gonna come to you. Man, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't get tired of waiting. Don't get tired of doing what is right. Don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired of trusting God. I should say that again. Don't get tired of trusting God. For in due season, if you don't give up, if you don't lose hope, you're going to get a harvest. It's the principle of a farmer. Three people he talked about. You know, think about the, I'm not a farmer, but if you you can tell, right? (laughs) You think about a farmer, right? He puts the seeds in the ground. Nothing. Tree. What does he have to do? Put the seeds in the ground and then wait. And guess what happens? If he does the right things and he waits the course, a harvest comes. But if he goes over and says, I don't think it's working. It's been three days. Sprout. Okay, let me try again. Digs him up plants new ones. Let me try it this way. Quit digging up what you put into the ground and planting new ones because you're tired of waiting and just learn to wait. God's in control. And God will reward those that wait patiently. And the third is this. You got to remember while you're waiting that God is always working behind the scenes. Uh, what's that song we sang, Waymaker? Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. Hey. Next week, give me the mic. Been waiting for this moment all my life. American out of what? Season 32, baby. Because that's the show's still on. Just preach. Um, 5.11, James 5.11 says this. We know how God fulfilled his purpose for Job. Fulfilled. It was completed. Fulfilled his purpose for Job and that his plan for Job ended in good because the Lord always treats us with tender compassion and merciful kindness. Can I just tell you, God's working behind the scenes this morning. You may not see it. You may feel discouraged. May not seem like that report you got ever is gonna turn around. 
But that doesn't mean that God's not working on the inside. You may not feel like God's doing anything, but God is a God that that works behind the scenes, that works outside of time and space, that works in in the seen and the unseen. And that's really what faith is. Faith is believing for something you can't see, trusting that he's working behind the scenes, even if you can't see it. That's why I think James says it's, it's patience that makes you mature and complete. One of the marks of a Christian is learning to wait. And so if that's what you remember while you wait, how do you wait? And so Sometimes I just have to put the cookies on the bottom shelf for me, right? Okay, God, that's all good. You're in control. You're working. Now, what do I do? And so let me give you three things real quickly. How do you wait? Number one is this. And I'm gonna, he, he, he gave three different characters, right? That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you these three different characters. And so number one is this. How do you trust God while you're waiting? Number one, like a farmer, you wait expectantly. Like farmers, you wait expectantly talked about farming a while ago, right? That farmer puts the seed in the ground and then he trusts that the seed that he put in the ground is gonna produce a harvest. And so that farmer waits with expectation. That farmer waits with, with hope while he's waiting for crops. He can't necessarily see what's going on underground, but he knows if he waits. He knows if he did all the work the right way while he waits, that a harvest is coming. I think it leads us to a principle like farmers, if we're gonna wait with expectation, while we're waiting like a farmer expectantly, I think we also have to work like a farmer. You know, it's not just, okay, God, I'm gonna wait and trust you. It's no, I'm gonna also do everything I can do. And so while I wait, I'll also work. A farmer doesn't just put seed in the ground and walk away and say, here comes the harvest. I can't wait for it. I'm, I'm expectantly waiting for the harvest. No, guess what he does? He makes sure that his field is watered, yeah. that he sprays, I don't really know anything about farming. <laughs> he sprays the stuff once it starts blooming. He trims it when it needs to be trimmed. I've seen some farmers before and they always look like they work hard. I don't think they plant and walk away. That's not, that's not what I mean. While we wait expectantly, we also gotta work. And so I think the first thing you gotta learn to do is you've gotta wait expectantly while you work. Psalms 130 verse number five says, I will wait patiently for the Lord. My soul will expectantly wait. And in his word, I do hope. Week number two of Rattled, we talked about the importance of this word. You know, sometimes while we're waiting, it's hard to have anything to stand on. It's so easy to get discouraged. And I love what it says here, that I'm gonna wait patiently for the Lord. I'm gonna be expectant. And the the place that I'm gonna get my hope from is his word. And so while you wait and while you work, get some hope from here that God is in control. I promise you, you open this up to Psalms. You open it up to Proverbs. You open it up to a couple places. You're gonna get some hope in your waiting. You read stories all throughout scripture about those that waited, those that endured, received harvests. 
And so what that allows you to do is wait with expectation, knowing that God is no respecter of persons. What he did for someone, he will do for me. I love what Isaiah 49, 23 says. It says this. It says, then I will know that I am, uh, then you will know that I am the Lord. No one who waits for my help. No one will be disappointed. Hey, if, if like a farmer, we can have some patience and wait expectingly, you won't be disappointed. You can trust God. He's in control. He's working behind the scenes. He's ready to bless you. This may sound a little too encouraging, right? Good, I hope it is. I think sometimes we forget that God does have good things for us. That God does wanna hear your requests and bless you. That he is a good, good father. One passage of scripture says, see how much he cares for everything else in this world, right? Matthew chapter six. How much more then does he care for you? He cares for you. And so wait expectantly while you're waiting. Wait expectantly for your miracle. Wait expectantly for that job. Wait expectantly to graduate with high honors, right? Just wait. Wait. So like a farmer, wait expectantly. Number two is this, like a prophet, this one hit me hard, wait without complaining. Oh, it's so easy to complain while we wait. This one challenged me this week. There's been some things in my life that I've been waiting for God to to do. And it's so easy while I'm waiting to complain. It's so easy while I'm waiting to, to talk about how bad I hate waiting. But if we're gonna wait, one of the things we have to do is we have to wait expectantly, but like prophets, James describes here, you also have to wait without complaining. I love what Lamentations says. If you look at some prophets, it says this, Lamentations 3.26, it says, it's good to wait quietly, quietly for the salvation of the Lord. If you look up this word salvation here in the original language, it's actually describing this as personal deliverance personal deliverance. I will wait quietly for God to personally deliver me from that situation I am waiting for. Is there any area where you're waiting for some deliverance? You're waiting for some freedom. You're waiting for God to move. He says, I'll wait, I'll wait quietly. I'll do it without grumbling. I'll do it without complaining. You ever met somebody that's, that's waiting that complains? It's good when they're like only waiting for a week or two, but you ever met somebody that's been waiting for like three years? It's like, bruh, I'm tired of you complaining. Chill, trust God. But yet it's so easy. Convicted myself this week. While I wait, am I just complaining? Because you know what complaining does? It takes the trust off of God. The trust I have, it it takes it off. And it, it, it actually changes my perspective. And so instead of waiting patiently, instead of knowing God is in control, instead of waiting with hope that God does have something good for me on the other side of this, if I don't give up, if I don't faint, I just... I don't know what to do, so I just, I complain. And I, I, I just wanted to, to encourage somebody in this room today. Maybe you're in a season of waiting and you found yourself complaining a lot. 
it's good to stay quiet. It's really good to stay quiet. And in your quietness, I want to encourage you with this. May your quietness lead you to a father that wants to encourage you, that wants to give you hope, that wants to whisper, it's okay, I'm still in control. Trust, wait. Patience is a virtue. It may not be a reality. It may not be convenient. But if we can learn to wait again, I think we'll start seeing God do a lot more. I think the signs and the wonders and the miracles that God wants to do, some of them may be tied to our ability to wait. And I want some stories of God doing amazing things in our church because people trusted God enough to wait another day for it and not bail and not take matters into our own hands. And so like farmers, may you wait expectantly. Like, like a prophet, may you wait without complaining. And then like Job, may you wait confidently, confidently. Job 14, 14 says this, if a man dies, how can he come back to life? I will wait for better times. I love that word, I will. I will wait for better times. I will wait, I will, I will. There's confidence in that phrase, I will. I'll wait for better times. I'll wait till this time of trouble is ended. Confidently, Job is saying, I don't like anything going on all around me, but I will still be patient. I will still trust that all of this can end. I'll trust. I think that's why Isaiah 40, 31 says this. It says those that, that wait, that are patient on the Lord, will, will, not might, not may, they will find strength. They will fly on the high wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. A byproduct of waiting is you can not grow weary if you trust in God. Let us not get weary doing good for in due season. When I learn to wait confidently that God is in control, it like, it overcomes worry. It overcomes like the depression that wants to sink in. It can overcome the anxiety. It says they will walk and not faint. I love it. Because Galatians says, if I don't faint, if I don't give up, I'm gonna get a reward. And so Isaiah here is telling me the solution to that, just learning to wait. That if I wait, he'll give me what I need because he's in control. He's in control. And when he gives you what you need, you won't live a life of fainting. That even though you may feel like your body is physically tired, he can give rest to your soul. He can give rest to your spirit. And so let me ask you a question today. And I wrote this down in my notes because I wanted to, to, to make sure that 
that I didn't miss this, and it was this. Where do you need patience today? I asked myself the question, like, what do I want people to do with this message today? And it was this. I wanted them to ask themselves the question, where do I need patience? Two things today. What is God saying to you when it comes to that question? Where is it that you need to wait? You're just about to give up, but you just need to wait. You're just about to go to the attorney and file the divorce papers, but you need to wait. You're just about to walk out on your job because you think it's never going to change. But you know God told you to stay and you need to wait. Where do you need to wait? You're so depressed, you're so tired, you're so anxious. You've even thought about ending your life. Where do you need to wait? And trust God that he's in control. He's got you. He's got you. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.